0: Hello and welcome to R Plus J Equals Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Gattula, and with me as usual is my lovely wife, Regina. Hello. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. It's been many, many days since the finale of Game of Thrones. Yeah.
1: Sorry that we uh, delay this podcast. I guess we got a little bit lazy like the showrunners did.
0: I think for me... (laughs) It's more that I wanted to decompress and give it a little bit of time to soak in.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we had travel and such. so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we'll go with yours.
0: (laughs) I think one thing that's been good about the amount of time I've had to kind of process what's happened since the finale, it has allowed me to go away from having pure anger towards things. I think in the last couple of weeks, um, the podcast has been really cathartic to us. Right, we were pretty angry. Mm-hmm. I think basically since the Night King episode, mm-hmm. I think we were okay with. But after that, which what's the name of that episode? Just the, the Last
1: of the Starks, yeah. which was the last of our love for Game yeah. of Thrones. I
0: think that moment caused us a lot of anger, and we were just angry for the rest of those uh, the the rest of the episodes after that. But having this time since doing the last podcast and watching the actual finale has given us a little bit more time to reflect on the things that happened in the episode, how we feel about Game of Thrones at large, Mm -hmm. and what this whole series kind of meant to us. Mm -hmm. So I think in this podcast, people will hear, yeah, there's going to be some anger. There's going to be some criticism, but you'll also kind of get to hear the positive things that we still feel about the show and yeah and just overall it's not going to be all completely debbie downer so and I, I think people are also tired of that people mm-hmm. are tired of hearing just anger at game of thrones
1: right i mean the day after the series finale aired literally everything on the internet was negative um this is how i feel so i feel like I'm saying goodbye to a friend. I know that sounds really weird, but like, I feel like I had this friend for like eight years and it was always there. And like, sometimes it was annoying, but you know, you always made fun of it. You always like talked about it. You always referenced it, but like, you know, it's just something that we always had for eight years. And so when I watched the finale, I felt sad. Just that's the end. Like no more Game of Thrones ever no more you know I'm not gonna go back and re-watch it necessarily just because of how the seasons devolve like it's not like some of the things I love like Lord of the Rings or Airbender that it's over but like I can always go back and rewatch mm-hmm. it or like even like a Marvel movie oh yeah we'll just throw on like Captain America whatever I have in the background you know it's like something that I feel like ended so poorly that I don't feel like going back and doing like a rewatch or restudying it yeah, or something I, like that because I know the execution was so bad. And I just want to say I think overall the story, the plot points and what the story came out to be is amazing. Like Daenerys dying by Jon, her becoming crazy, her becoming evil and like tyrant and want to conquer the world. I think is great and the way John's story ended I mean it was basically like a Frodo Baggins ending you know it it actually couldn't have worked out better for John because I feel like that's what he's always wanted I think everything was fine Bran becoming king i'm totally cool with i think it's kind of cool Tyrion becoming hand again all of that is great i just think the execution was poor i hate when hbo and the showrunners will say oh you know we can't make everybody happy it's like no everyone's fine with the story it's just how you guys rushed it and told it
0: i think it's the same story that we've been saying the last couple episodes we just needed more time. Yeah. We needed more of the buildup. We needed more of what we got in the first six seasons that led to these big pivotal moments for those to mean a lot more. And I think basically, and it's it's it was such a weird feeling, and it's even a weird feeling now after we just rewatched the episode, that I have such little emotion for seeing the conclusion of the story of these characters we were with for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just it's just crazy that I felt such powerful emotions watching the show leading into these, these last couple seasons. The finale of season six, we've talked about it a lot. That, I, I might be willing to say, that is a top three TV moment of my life. Mm-hmm. That episode is, to me, the best episode of Game mm-hmm. of Thrones history, and I don't think it'll ever be topped, and I'll be hard-pressed to find something better in the pantheon of a lot of great shows. But the fact that it just devolved so much over these last two seasons for me to just feel kind of nothing for this finale Mm -hmm.
1: was, it's it's
0: just kind of sad. Yeah,
1: like, I mean, Daenerys is one of my favorite characters. Her and Robb Stark are my two favorite characters. And when Robb Stark died, I felt like I lost, like, someone, you know, close to me in a real life has a death. That's how I felt. But when Danny died, it just happen like the way when I I was really really excited to watch the series finale like I think I was probably the last fan in the world to watch it because I had to wait till like 9 30 at night to watch it pacific time but I was really excited and then when I was watching I just I felt nothing I just like let everything happen and then afterwards I just sat there and I was like I didn't hate it yeah and I didn't love it I just it just happened and I, I watched it I and that's so, how I felt. I didn't feel like this epic closing yeah. like of amazing TV show. Goodbye. It was it was just it just happened. And that was the end. And that was it.
0: I think something I was mentioning while we were watching is that just the whole episode felt inevitable. Right. Yeah. And that's it's a good way to do it. It didn't it? feel emotional. It didn't feel powerful. It didn't feel it just felt like, oh, yeah, things are happening and you're and yet, watching it and i'm watching it and here's the story but i'm really not feeling anything and that's yeah. sad and i and it's the, sad.
1: not because the acting was bad or the yeah. moments were good the directing was bad the it was acting
0: be- yeah let's let's applaud that the acting was great the music was on point the, the directing, directing was good some of the shots were really really well done But that just shows that it's not just about those types of things. Right. It's about... And even the dialogue is fine. Right. right? And when we talk about writers and we talk about writing, it's not just the dialogue. It's the pacing of scenes. Mm -hmm. It's like...
1: The build-up from previous episodes and previous seasons. Like, you can keep that episode, the finale episode, exactly the same if the previous episodes and the previous season was done right.
0: I would even say the last two episodes, if you...
1: Yeah, left
0: them it. as is, but had a proper build-up mm-hmm. and story leading into them, it would have been amazing. And
1: I think the two build-up that we're talking about is Daenerys' descent into mad queen tyranny and then also Bran becoming king. Yeah. I think with Bran, they inherited a character they just didn't understand. And I don't know, you know, when they inherited him, they probably didn't really Know exactly what he was going to do just because the books aren't done, so they just didn't understand him. So they kind of just made him very stoic and um unattached to emotion because I think that's just they didn't know. But then if Bran was going to become king, they should have why did they take this approach? Yeah, why did they take that? They should have used him more, you know, they shouldn't have sidelined him for most of the seasons. So it was, so when he did become king and I watched that moment, I was like, huh? Okay. Yeah. It was like a huh moment versus like a, oh my God, that is such a great twist yeah. or that makes so much sense. You know, I think if, if the books, if George does it right, I think I would read amazing. it like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah.
0: Especially because in the books, you, Bran was a point of view character right. and, and we know like, as a character, he's a good person. He's really noble, and he's really good. That didn't come through as much in the show, well, even early on. I didn't think so. To play
1: devil's advocate in the books, we don't know what Bran yeah. is like after he becomes a three-eyed raven. But, like, I'm just saying, I don't think but, they kind of understood what he was supposed to, to
0: create, be. But to create a satisfying ending, knowing they knew Brand would right. become the king... Why even take the approach of him becoming like robot?
1: Right, and sidelining like, him. Like, okay, keep the roboticness, but why don't you give him more scenes?
0: Yeah, I so mean, that was that I think was. For that. me, the scene, the amount of scenes is fine for me. The roboticness and the complete lack of emotion takes the audience completely out of his character. And yeah. you don't really care about him because it's just like, he even says, I'm not Bran Stark anymore. Yeah. And then so everybody's like, okay, then I shouldn't really have any emotional attachment to you. You're just this robot.
1: And he doesn't explain what the three-eyed raven power is. So, like, has an audience you don't even understand. Can he yeah. see the future whatever? So that was that. The second one, obviously, we talked about extensively is just Danny's descent into madness and yeah. I think her entire story arc would have been so good like and yeah. I think you did you told me a great example of um, the way that we should have felt about Daenerys is the way if people watch Breaking Bad we felt about Walter White yeah. like we hated him because he became so evil, yep. but then you still were on his side because yeah. you understood because his you saw intentions. his evolution. you saw his you evolution. Saw everything
0: right. that led to what the actions that he was taking. and you couldn't help but cheer for him, but then you could also, you just despise him I, at the same yes. time, and those are the feelings that we should have gotten from Daenerys' right. descent. We should have understood the pain that she was feeling, the death of her friends, the death of her dragon. All those things should have been totally explored and kind of more. maybe
1: understood. Her whole, you know, approach of you know freeing children, yeah. and but then also it's like you hate her because she's also evil and she's yes. killing anyone in her path. Like I'm supposed to feel that tug of war for daenerys if they did her character or her story arc properly
0: and we were talking about it it really should feel like a tragedy Mm -hmm. i think this is what i was saying when i was talking about inevitability danny's death should have felt like a tragedy it truly should have because we should have felt those emotions and that push and pull and that tug of war of how she was feeling the death should have been built up from those moments but it wasn't. And that's why that death just felt inevitable. Mm-hmm. We were like, there's nothing else that could happen. Mm-hmm. So it instead of feeling that true tragedy and that hope that, oh, maybe Danny won't die. Maybe it'll all be okay. The whole time you just knew this is not going to end up okay. I mean,
1: I kind of am okay with that because I knew that, like, for example, Walter White was going to die. Sorry, spoiler alert. If someone hasn't watched Breaking Bad. My whole thing is, like, they portray Danny as, like, a great person. Someone to that is good from seasons literally one through six and seven yeah they kind of introduced you know the whole like it literally idea happened of her in like magically. three episodes right so like the fact that they portrayed her good gives us no reason to like say maybe she is bad through the actions like the people she burned the people that she killed they were all evil people and i know Tyrion said you know she kills evil men, and then she grows more powerful. But I needed to be shown that, not just said in one conversation. I just, I just think it could have been so much better. Like, I just think such a waste and such a sadness. I think of da- what it could have been.
0: Daenerys's arc to me, will always be Game of Thrones' biggest failure. Mm-hmm. I think it just had this potential. And it's, it really sucks because just in general with the female characters, they pretty much ruined every single one of them. But the fact that Danny was arguably the most popular female uh, female character in all of pop culture in a long, long time... Um, and for for them to just devolve her into this character. For, for a
1: woman to just snap and to rely on like sexist tropes, it's just sad. It really is. <laughs> and that's why. So.
0: And the thing is, like we were saying, we felt like we saw this coming. And that's mm-hmm. why it felt inevitable. And I think. Maybe both you and I, we were just resigned to the fact that, hey, this is just going to end in this sort of way. Maybe we weren't sure if she was going to die, but we had most of a feeling. And
1: I'm okay with her dying. I think it was necessary. I do disagree with her trying to like go and liberate the world. And that's essentially a tyrant. Um,
0: But but like being resigned to the fact that we know something like this is going to happen led to that kind of inevitable feeling and that
1: lack of emotion. I just didn't think I would feel nothing watching my favorite character die. Like, yeah. I mean, I felt something, you know, when Drogon came and all that, but nothing to the extent of like heart wrenching tragedy. It just yeah. happened to me. I and think that, that was it.
0: And I, th- I hate to continue to compare it to Breaking Bad, but I just flipped that last episode on right after rewatching this finale. And we just see this scene with Jesse and walt and they're just they just have a look at each other jesse just nods I don't, i'm i not gonna try to spoil or anything but there's just so much
1: spoiled it but too there's, late <laughs>
0: there's just so much nuance and such little dialogue and such little acting but we know like those that scene that i just watched really i felt it emotionally again but that's because the we we saw the build-up
1: right 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 like kit harrington and amelia clark and you know all of that acting was was great like it was so good but there was just it was so empty like you felt just empty there was no emotional weight behind it so anyway so that was kind of I think the reason why Game of Thrones was disappointing to me like I said it really wasn't just because it was a tragic ending I actually think it was a lot happier than I imagined it to be I (laughs) think
0: both of us we liked the episode until Danny died
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And then it kind of got boring. For me, and I know
0: you didn't mind it, but I'm speaking for a lot of other people. Um, When Drogon (laughs) melted the throne, that was a complete lack of subtlety. A complete, just like, super on the nose. I could just see these bros in the writing room. Oh yeah, and then Drogon's gonna melt the throne. And it's so poignant, man. Oh man, we've been waiting for this shot for a long time. It just makes so much sense. And it was just so bad. I thought it was horrible.
1: I thought it was fine. I thought it was symbolism. I thought it was powerful and I liked it. I mean, I don't think the chair is gonna survive in the books. I think that somehow it's gonna get destroyed. I I can't imagine drogon do anything else i mean i'm just kind of shocked he didn't kill john but i kind of play in my head like oh because he's a targaryen they have some sort of agreement but i mean i'm fine with it and i I loved how drogon took danny's body and flew. i didn't mind that
0: i just think the melting of the throne was the most overt symbolism i've ever seen it's based (laughs) drogon might as well have like held a sign up and said symbolism symbolism (laughs) because that was just it was over the top. It was something out of a bad movie.
1: Literally, I'm not complaining about that. There's so much other more things to complain about. I did realize, though, Danny's prophecy in season two Came fulfilled, true. and I told you in the yeah. earlier podcast, it represented her death. And like, Khaledra goes there represents like I don't know afterlife. I guess there's no afterlife in this in this world, but yeah, the snow around I think represented like that essentially who's going to bring death upon her not not the night king but Jon snow so that came full circle I,
0: i do think it's a little funny that that prophecy when you go back to it and that vision wasn't subtle at all they basically are just like okay let's just lift this scene and place it well that's from the book so yeah but in terms of the way they shot it and the way that they like they just full-on alluded to it completely but
1: you know when you when you watched in season two you would never think Jon Snow that represented death you just thought like that's fair she dies at the wall fighting the Night King that's what I literally thought (laughs) and she never becomes queen I didn't think that it represented Jon Snow killing her so that came full circle, but
0: I think speaking of Jon Snow, mm-hmm. I think both you and I agree that at least his ending was the one that we did feel at least some emotion towards, right? I
1: mean, I felt emotion towards Danny's death. I, I did. Not to the extent I should have and wished you, I felt.
0: You felt more for John.
1: No, I felt no, more for still? Danny. Yeah. Danny's my favorite character. She's she, I felt I felt really sad for Danny and I felt sad for Danny because her story wasn't told right and I But also- did you cry? I didn't cry for John.
0: No, did you cry for Danny?
1: No, because of all the reasons I just listed.
0: Yeah, but I think two years ago you would have cried.
1: Yeah, yeah. if it was told right I would have cried.
0: So isn't that sad that like you you're saying that you felt sad but you didn't really feel any real emotion <laughs> towards it, right? Well,
1: I- I if if I think about it and make it better in my head, I feel sad. That
0: doesn't count. That doesn't count. It's cuz you're a book reader. It, right. It, you can't give the showrunners a pass for things you make up in your I'm own head. I'm not giving
1: them a pass. I'm just making it better in my head because I love this show so much and I love this story. So you still love fun. it that much?
0: You can like love the I said, story. It's like it was like world. my
1: friend. <laughs>
0: It's like a friend who just, the relationship went wrong. They like stole but your I dog But I still had good times. <laughs> they like stole, stole your dog. I don't
1: have a dog.
0: Well, not anymore because Game of Thrones stole your dog. <laughs> no, but like,
1: you know, I, it was just, we had good times. I spent so much time and energy thinking about this fucking show that like, I'm not going to just push it aside. Like I said, I'll always enjoy talking about Game of Thrones. I'll always be excited if or the books... It does feel like a friend. Come it feels like a friend a friend that
0: you're just letting go because it's like you know what we don't really have that much in common
1: no it feels sad (laughs) like you're just saying goodbye to a friend it's not like a friend that's moving away and you can always call like aka lord of the rings or you know harry potter or whatever it's kind of like a friend that's literally moving to an island and you're never going to talk to them again because they're shitty at the end but you're sad you're sad that's how I feel.
0: I think that's a really good analogy.
1: So, with Jon Snow's ending, I actually think he kind of had a happy ending. Yeah. More happy than I thought he was going to get ever. Yeah, because
0: I think we all knew the incest stuff was going to come into play. We all knew that it couldn't be a happy ending with Danny and mm-hmm. them married and blah, blah, blah. We're happy king and queen. But if you think about it, at the end of the day, that last shot at the end of the episode was one of the only shots where I actually felt some emotion. You could see it in his face. He finally got this feeling of being content. And Kit Harington really acted it well. And just the way this scene played out, Jon Snow is still their leader, right? He's still a leader. He's still their king. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, they appreciate him, Mm -hmm. right? And he did do a lot of good for this world. He led everybody through, even if Arya killed the Night King, right? Jon Snow was still the one, the leader to lead everybody through. And at the end of the day, he did get that happy ending that you're saying. Yeah. It's bittersweet, but it's content. He's content.
1: And I think like this is the ending that Jon always wanted, especially after he died and came back to life. I mean, that one scene he told Sansa, like he just wants to leave and just live his life. And. Literally that's what he did. And it's not like going to the wall is like a shock to him. He already was going to do that life. You know what I mean? All of the things that happened in Jon Snow and Jon Snow's ending was already what he wanted to do before he became King of the North and before he met Danny. He never wanted to become king in the north. I think he actually if he did become king of Westeros in the six kingdoms, he probably would have been more miserable. Yeah. I think what's tragic about its ending and I read this somewhere and made me realize is that it's like he loved Daenerys and he knows he did the right thing, but he's not sure he did the right thing of killing her. So he will always have that torment in his head. Like, did I do the right thing? And so I think that will be kind of the tragic. But at the end of the day, like I said, he had a Frodo Baggins ending where this world beat him up. He didn't accomplish what he was supposed to do it kind of he got fucked over and then he just goes away because you know frodo didn't really destroy the ring spoiler alert so yeah i think that was just kind of his ending and that's how george intended it so i do think like it's kind of dumb because it's like he can just go visit sansa he can just Arya can come back and just visit him so it's not like horrible he still has a life yeah
0: he's got a best buddy he got he got ghost dog Hey, yeah. look! They rekindled their friendship. He pet the dog.
1: They're gonna live together in harmony mm-hmm. forever and ever. He just gets
0: to cuddle with ghosts all I the time. That, that's pretty good. That's not bad.
1: What more could you ask for, Jon Snow?
0: Egret to be alive.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I think he preferred Egret over Daenerys at this point, but
0: yeah, probably because Egret didn't murder uh, how, many, sure. million how many million people? How many million people? Not related there? to her. It's like a million and a half, right? <laughs> Yeah, also the relation thing, for sure.
1: <laughs> Do you think he loved Egret more than he loved Danny, or you, you, there's not even an answer for that? It's just different. I mean, Jon Snow is very different in each relationship.
0: In terms of how it's portrayed in the show, oh, that's tough. I think in the text, mm-hmm. in whatever George comes out in the books, he loves Danny more. It'll be more. But powerful I think in the, the, the show, Egret and Jon's relationship was way better.
1: Yeah, same with Daenerys and Khal Drogo. It seemed like she loved Khal Drogo more than she loved Jon. But I'm sure in the books, if they ever come back, their love between them two will be very, very powerful. So um, And they'll come
0: through because they're both point-of-view characters. Right, right, right. right.
1: And I think we'll see more of Jon struggling with the whole incest and the whole, like, I love her, but I can't love her kind of thing. So I think that will shine through a little bit better but um in the show you know i always say i think game of thrones optimal would have been nine seasons honestly like we said this before if they had the four seasons they could have probably pulled it off but optimal storytelling could have been nine seasons season seven focused on john and danny's relationship season eight is essentially the downfall of the night king and the war with the dead and then season nine is the finale and Daenerys has continued to set into mad queen. And that would have just felt so much more correct. You know, I like to say correct because like everything just felt off, but anyways, it is what it is. We can't change it. We must just remember the good times and I think move on from the bad.
0: I think the thing that I'm going to miss the most and it is really, I know there's been a lot of articles, a lot of podcasts, who talk about this game of thrones is the probably the last thing that's part of the monoculture it's the last thing where everybody is coming together basically in the world watching the same show at the same time Mm -hmm. and discussing it on the same cadence Mm -hmm. and this is a combination of technology with binge watching it's a combination of um, traditional tv starting to go away it's it's just something that we're not going to have anymore. And like, yeah, it was really strong for Breaking Bad and other shows around that time frame. But it was really the strongest for Game of Thrones because we are in the height of social media, the height of mass discussion. And
1: it was more epic yeah. in general. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. And, and the most people got into it, right? So
1: let me ask you a question. If someone asks you, hey, should I watch Game of Thrones? Would you say yes?
0: I would say yes, but I would warn them that the ending is not great.
1: Yeah, so I got that question the other day and I actually was like, oh, I don't know how to answer it. But I think the great answer would be you should definitely watch it. But as you said, a forewarning is the last two seasons are rushed. But
0: I think everybody who binges it like now and Mm -hmm. even the people who binge to catch up for this season they missed out on the experience that was Game of Thrones. The experience of Game of Thrones was truly discussing it every week, They're discussing it Monday after uh, at work mm-hmm. with every single person talking about it, theor- podcasting, yeah, about, podcasting about, it. about it, theorizing, waiting for a whole season thinking about it, rewatching, digesting. That's something you don't get from binge watching mm-hmm. whatsoever. And I'm I'm actually pretty pretty against binge watching like yeah i'll do it and i'll watch the shows like stranger things but a show can never be a part of you if you're just binge watching Mm -hmm. to me like Mm -hmm. that's how i feel because if you think about tv shows tv seasons the time in between you really think about the characters you think about everything same thing with books right Mm -hmm. reading a book you get a lot of depth you get a lot of time with these characters Mm -hmm. it takes a lot more time to read books than than watch seasons of tv Mm -hmm. whereas if you're just binging it's called a binge for a reason right Mm -hmm. it feels good and it's great but at the end of the day it's kind of empty
1: and you feel like shit afterwards yeah (laughs) and if that's
0: the way that all tv is starting to head towards it's pretty sad because you know i've now been a part of i'd say three of the top tier shows week by week i would say lost which i would argue isn't that top tier but in terms of like week by week theorizing Mm. and discussion lost Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And being a, being able to be a part of those three shows week mm-hmm. by week is something that's just made me really happy in life. Mm-hmm. I, and that it drives one of the things that I love the most about TV is that discussion. Everywhere. Sadly,
1: Lost and Game of Thrones yeah, kind of have a three. comparable, just in terms of disappointment. But um, I see a lot of people comparing the level disappointment to how they felt about lost so i never watched lost but i thought that was i guess game of thrones is the new lost (laughs) so
0: yeah and it's sad that game of thrones legacy is going to be like oh yeah man that ending really sucked that's yeah that's literally everybody says that and that's game of thrones legacy now yeah
1: i mean i i think it's still gonna win the emmy but i think it's gonna win the emmy i think it's gonna win the emmy because everything around it probably was just as bad Anyways, I mean, like you said, I'm going to just miss Game of Thrones because I'm just going to miss it. I'm going to miss the story. I'm going to miss the excitement of watching every Sunday. The world. Yeah, we're going to get the prequels and all that, but it's not going to feel the same because, like I said, we know what happens with the Night King. Am I really interested about a guy who just dies in one episode by a little girl? Uh, Not as much as if he died in a more epic way or a way that made more sense. I mean, yeah, I'm just going to miss the world and just, I guess, the happiness that I used to feel for it. So, I remember mean, the at the hype. end of the day, though, at the end of the day, Game of Thrones will always be something yeah. that I enjoyed and that I will always reference and that I'll always remember. be passionate about. I'll always be passionate you about Game of about Thrones. Think about this.
0: Like, I've, I've seen tweets like this as well. We started dating when Game of Thrones started basically mm-hmm. we've i'd say game of thrones has been a huge part of my adult life right Since it started 20s <laughs> what year did this show 2011. start 2011 2011 how old was i 25
1: man you're old
0: yeah and basically going from 25 to now i went from being single to dating you
1: Single and being a loser.
0: <laughs> Single and being a loser. <laughs> to dating you. And, and being becoming, not a loser. Uh, <laughs> not a loser. <laughs> Getting engaged. Moving to three different cities. Oh, God. We had a kid. You're we're pregnant with another, <laughs> another kid. One. Like, that is a significant and, amount and of time. And a
1: constant was always talking about Game, yeah, of, Game, Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game is like
0: a, literally a huge <laughs> part of our lives. And oh, my God. And we're going to miss it. We're, we're gonna really going to miss it. And I yeah. hope there's something out there that can maybe you never know fill the void you nobody saw game of thrones coming after breaking bad people are like what's gonna be the next show doesn't
1: wasn't breaking bad happening while game of thrones was happening though
0: i think they might have crossed over by one season but i'm not 100 percent sure yeah yeah but but even still like who knows but i hope there's another show that comes comes we'll I, I don't know there's all this talk on the internet of like what's the next game of thrones but I really don't know if another show can encapsulate the world the way that this one did. Yeah. Because even this one took a a little bit like it was really after the red wedding where everybody right, was into right, it. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. That's for sure. After season three, after season three, that's when it became blew up essentially. Yeah. Oh, Rob Stark. Anyways. Oh. Just oh you know what else i'm gonna miss what podcasting i will you.
0: miss podcasting i i i truly hope that it's not over though i think one of these days we might find a way to come back maybe avatar the last airbender uh, live action
1: come on you know that show
0: that that Cause... podcast is just gonna be end up us like bitching about how it's not as good as the animated. okay
1: you know for people who don't know why okay. when avatar last airbender we reference it a lot in our podcast because it is literally it is literally the most amazing tv one show one of the best on. tv shows of all time yes and
0: you need to watch it even like
1: it's a cartoon by the way but get that stick out of your ass
0: because <laughs> this is a fucking good show it's a it's good, better than game of thrones
1: it is better than game of thrones and has an adult i watched it as an adult and it's a very mature show and yes it's a cartoon we should just go
0: watch that now i know it's a, we sh- We should do a podcast about each season.
1: (laughs) Like there are so many good themes and so many like life lessons and just things that are just powerful. A satisfying and It's just a very powerful show. But um, Netflix is coming out with a live action version of that.
0: By the same showrunners.
1: By the same showrunners. And I mean, essentially they have the story. They don't need to really rewrite too much of it or start from scratch. But uh, the reason why we're saying that it might not be as good is because it's a live action from a cartoon. And but there's hey, a lot of like action that you can't really replicate in CGI. So anyways.
0: That's a different podcast. It's a different, if,
1: if it's good enough, we can think about podcasting for it. But that's not going to come out for years and years. And we'll probably have like three more kids at that point. So,
0: Three more? <laughs> 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 oh. Oh. So that's Game that's of Thrones. That's our discussion for the episode. Let's go to our final send raven Did you send the ravens? <laughs> that was your job, your only job. So first question from Gus Moreno. Where does this show rank in your all-time favorites? We were debating how to answer this. Is it amongst overall IP and properties or ranked against TV shows? I'll take it from the TV show standpoint. Unfortunately, so the shows I definitely put above it, Avatar The Last Airbender, um, Breaking Bad, The Wire, definitely. I would say Battlestar Galactica still, even though it doesn't get to the highs that Game of Thrones got. I enjoyed the ending. I never finished The Sopranos, but I got really far and I watched the final season somehow. And I would say Sopranos is better than Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Mad Men? No. Okay. (laughs) Mad Men's good, but it's a different kind of beast and Mm -hmm. gets real dull sometimes.
1: Okay. Lost? you leftovers? Ah. I don't
0: know. I'm willing to say Lost is better.
1: Really? Than Game of Thrones? I think so, because at the end of the day,
0: I felt a lot of emotions watching the final season. Yeah, I didn't get my answers, but... Like I that's felt a hot take, but I I got a lot of emotions watching that final okay, season. Okay, so
1: let's. Why don't you rank those? So that's six.
0: There's six above. Okay. It. I wouldn't say Leftovers is better than Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Leftovers had a bad first season, and it wasn't that long lived of a show. So maybe like number seven all time. Out of seven. It's like my seventh favorite TV show of all time. So
1: it's the last. Yeah,
0: I'd say all those ones I mentioned were before that. I liked more. Oh, like, wow. At the end of the day, because wow. endings mean a lot to me. Endings mean a lot. You're, lot
1: you lot like to me. the ending, you don't like the execution. You just need to clarify that. You don't mind how everything turned out. You just don't like the execution of it. You don't care. You're fine I, with Daddy I, Die. You're the fine with re- product
0: of the show at large. Mm-hmm. Yes, not which just include, talking about plot points. Right, right, okay. Right, just not wanna, just talking about plot points. Just
1: want to clarify.
0: You take a product, mm-hmm. you give it a score the whole the whole product right. you're judging right? it on everything right. judging it as a whole it is probably my seventh favorite show
1: wow people really those, hate loss the though. rest of those
0: <laughs> yeah i know but the rest of those shows that i say out loud right now all of those give me a better feeling mm-hmm. in my heart than game of thrones did mm-hmm. at the end of the day
1: maybe wow. this will change ask, my ranking ask yourself i'll ask you in 10 years <laughs> yeah All right, so my. So
0: are you gonna answer it based on like IP in general? Right, right, right.
1: So the IPs that I'm essentially going to rank them rank it against are Lord of the Rings, obviously, because I talk about it all the time. Harry Potter, the books, not the movies, but just Harry Potter in general. Okay, Avatar: Last Airbender, of course, and Star Wars. So
0: those are the IP you feel are. Close to the same level? Mm-hmm.
1: Right, in terms no, of my obsession. There's none
0: others that you're missing? I'm trying to think.
1: That I right, right. obsess over?
0: Sex and the City? No, i just joking.
1: <sighs> no, Sex and the City is a different time it's, in my life. It's not genre. Right? Yeah. So I think those four is basically what I'm obsessed with, right? Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, Avatar Airbender is my number one. I'm sorry. I have to put it above Lord of the Rings because... I just do. And I think it'll always be my number one. And nothing can ever, ever take that away from me. Not even Netflix's live action show, because it's just so perfect. Um, And then Lord of the Rings, and then Harry Potter, and then Game of Thrones, and then Star Wars.
0: Yeah, but you were never into Star Wars until like 10 years ago. So that (laughs) changed.
1: Dude, I was obsessed with Star Wars. But I'm trying to give everybody context. So Game of Thrones and Star Wars happened to me at the same time. But
0: you didn't grow up with Star Wars.
1: No, I didn't watch Star Wars when I was like 13 or anything. I watched Star Wars when I was 22. And I watched all six movies at the same, like I watched them, binge watched them essentially in like two weeks. And... And I, I was obsessed with Star Wars. I mean, our entire wedding was c- centered around Star Wars. Um, mm, the whole what? Okay, well, not the wedding, but we had a lot of Star Wars yeah. things in there, whatever. Um, And I will I will always love Star Wars. Star Wars reminds me of Christmas. It it was such a good experience because I actually watched the movies kind of by myself, you know, without anyone really mm-hmm. with me. And it was always just nice. Um. It was kind of like a nice but time in my sense. life. I was, I'm just trying to yeah. give the audience so, some But context. in terms of just how I feel about Star Wars now, I will say Game of Thrones is trumping it. So maybe that'll change? Ask me in 10 years.
0: No, i ask you at the end of this year.
1: <laughs> All right, ask me at the end of this year. All
0: right, so the second question, not really a question, more kind of, of a challenge <laughs> from Scott Roberts. Um Now that it's all over, please do an all-time stink ranking from smelliest to least smelliest characters based on how bad you think their odor was. Let's just take this list and and kind of distill it into our top three smelliest. Really? You don't
1: want to just go through all three, all ten? No, because
0: at the end of the day, a lot of those lower level ones start smelling the (laughs) same. right? So I think the clear, let's let's go from three to one. I'll, I'll go with mine, right? Th- you should
1: name name. Them okay, I'll everyone.
0: name all these first. The mountain, the hound, salmon, gilly together, um, Yara Greyjoy, Hodor, torment, Drogon, Theon, Walder Frey, and Khal Drogo. All right, let's go. Third on my list, third smelliest here. Um, Hodor's pretty smelly he really is <laughs> how do you know Hodor's not that smart you know he doesn't wash himself that well I'm sure he doesn't have the greatest hygiene <laughs> he doesn't have the greatest hygiene um
1: this goes to show that um so I'm gonna put we did at, not receive lots yeah. of questions we, that were uh I think people are done asking are questions done? about this yeah
0: so I'll put Hodor at number three okay okay I have Kaldrogo Drogo at number two really
1: really I mean
0: he's he dude killed. like works out a lot. He probably doesn't have any deodorant. He's he's out there, like where where are they Sweatting. from? Where are the Dothraki from? I don't even know what it's called I don't anymore. Know, Essos, Essos where it's hot people. as fuck and he just smells like BO. They don't shout, they don't believe in bathing, I don't think.
1: And he probably has like dead guts on yeah. him that
0: So he's number two. The clear number one is Theon in his reek days. <laughs> like, like his name is fucking reek. He reeks. He smells like utter shit. He doesn't bathe. He got his dick chopped off, and that probably didn't get clean, and it festered. All this like castration juice all over him. Dude looks. Dis- you could s- you could see the line, like the stink lines coming off him, like Pig Pen in in fucking uh, Charlie Brown. Reek. Okay. reek is without a doubt the smelliest motherfucker in game of thrones
1: so my question to scott back is is it the mountain before he was dead mountain or post
0: well let's just say pre pre
1: uh, could be post because that's gonna change oh, yeah, my answer it's
0: post well i'm gonna go with pre so i don't have to redo my list but <laughs> okay let's say it's post post death right.
1: so Ugh. i think definitely for cal drogo I kind of find him hot, so I don't know if I can equate. does mean
0: he's not smelly. I know.
1: All right. So, but I'm I'm going to say, I will agree, it has to be called Drogo because it, it, he does Number have three? sweat. Yeah. Okay. Sweat. And I feel like people like. And
0: horses. He rides horses.
1: Horses. People like Walder Frey. He probably smells, but like at least he lives in a castle. You know, Tormund, he definitely stinks, but I feel like the cold kind of. Yeah. shields it Hodor same I feel like the cold shields it Yara eh, she could have she you know, She gets in the water a little bit so you know Sam and Gilly I think they just smell but somehow they, I don't know whatever and the hound eh. so I'm definitely gonna say call Drago. Number two, I'm gonna say the mountain. And that's dead mountain. Like yeah. that motherfucker did not shower, clean his butt, nothing. He's definitely stinky. And number one, I agree, is Reek. Yeah. He his definitely name is Reek. Yeah, his name is Reek. So there it is. That's our list.
0: All right. And the final question, Tina Cherian asks. Why does this show suck? So <laughs> I think this show what...
1: sucks because the showrunners got lazy and ready to move on to the next thing. They didn't understand the characters and the world that they inherited.
0: That's my answer. And the other half of that for me is that it's because George didn't finish the books. The show should have been what it was. It should have been an adaptation all the way through. Mm-hmm. And if it was, it would have been one of the greatest stories of all time. And it still arguably could be. But he did say that he
1: might be coming out with the books next but, year. Yeah,
0: whatever. Don't believe his lies. But the combination of these guys seemingly not wanting to like see see it all the way through, plus George not finishing the books, that just made the show suck at the end mm-hmm. of the day. I agree. So with that, the last segment, who's the MVP of the show? Of all of Game of Thrones, who is the MVP?
1: And is it everyone that survived through the last episode or it could be people who died in the first season anybody
0: the, the the award mvp is subjective and you get to choose the criteria for yourself
1: the mvp of the show for me is drogon the king in the north why because he survived and he basically told everyone to fuck off and he's free and he's basically going to live out his days doing where the fuck he wants, going where the fuck he wants, and being a dragon. So good for him. He lost his brothers, he lost his mommy, but he's still very, 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 very powerful. And that is the MVP of the show.
0: My MVP of the show. I don't really. I have to think through this as I'm saying it. Let's see. It's not Ned Stark. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was it ever Ned Stark? Could no. it ever have been Ned Stark? It's
0: not Rob Stark. It's not Jamie, it's, oh, it's not Cersei. It's not... basically. It's definitely not Stannis.
1: Sansa. I
0: was Team Stannis for a while, though. Arya. It's not Sansa. It's not Arya.
1: Not Bran.
0: Fuck Bran. Bran sucks. <laughs> um,
1: we hate Sam, too, uh, now. You know what?
0: I'm just going to do it. I'm going to say John.
1: The king in the north...
0: At the end of the day, he was the prince who was promised. Mm -hmm. I think he's the emotional anchor of the show. I think he's the one we all pretty much unanimously either were cheering for or like identified with or just wanted to be a part of his story. So I'm just going to get like it's in terms of a serious answer. I'd say it's Jon.
1: Oh, my answer was serious, too. It is Drogon. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I, I was being serious the entire time.
0: Well, that's our podcast.
1: Goodbye to all.
0: It was really great doing this with you, babe.
1: It was good too, babe.
0: Maybe we'll come back someday. Maybe. If the fans, if the fans want it, maybe
1: we're just gonna have to find another show to obsess over if it ever exists.
0: One of these days, we're not even gonna announce it. A, a random episode will appear in your feeds, and it'll be a new logo about keeping up with the
1: kardashians
0: no i never thought kardashians would be mentioned in our podcast and now you ruined it
1: (laughs) i never thought we would hate game of thrones no we don't hate it but we'll we'll
0: we'll be back i think so (sighs) come on there's a lot of years ahead all right all right
1: maybe we could do like a book club podcast if he comes out with a book so we're both in our 50s (laughs) and our kids are almost gone if winds, of winter,
0: if winds of winter comes out in 2020 we will podcast about it
1: you think so i do like a book club and like everybody reads like two chapters and we talk about it every week
0: maybe half the book and then the second half
1: okay we'll see all
0: right it's a deal okay
1: all right if ever we're shaking on it yeah all right thanks we didn't really shake on it <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you everybody for listening these last two years We'll miss
1: you guys, and I'm sure you guys will not miss our voices. But if you ever want to hear us talk again, just give us a call. call. (laughs) Give us a call. Give us a call.
0: All right. Take care, everybody.
1: Goodbye.